That Stack of Books. We're here at Bryant Corner Cafe. I'm Nancy Pearl, along with Steve Scher and a group of readers. Palate cleansers, which is not a dish. No, we, we have not morphed into a cooking show yet. Um, palate cleansers, what I was thinking about, um, I kind of got this idea because so much has been happening in the world and is going on happening in the world. And sometimes I think you just need books to, to take your mind off everything else that's happening. Books you, you just can go back to again and again and again. And I know for me there, when the world is too much with me, I, I like to escape into um, probably the same old books time and again. Well, which is interesting since all the things we've been talking about the past few weeks have been about what's happening in the world and very much a part of what's happening in terms of political culture, in terms of racial and social culture. So this is when we don't want that. No. We're going to give ourselves a break from that. And we're going to go into, um, well, in addition to everything that's happening in the world, the weather in Seattle has not been conducive for anything except reading. Um, so, and in November, when the weather is frequently like this, is when I tend to reread all of my favorite mysteries and thrillers, or those palate cleansers, which are a lot lighter than the mysteries and thrillers. But before you get there, a new book by Don DeLillo is out. Is that a palate cleanser or not at all? No, no. A new book. I'm just. Everybody needs to get this on their calendars. May 2016, a new novel by Don DeLillo. And Don DeLillo, of course, is um, the author of White Noise. He's the author of probably the best novel about um, JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald called Libra. Libra was great, and White Noise, which um, won one of the major awards, I believe. They're, they're just such intelligent, thought-provoking, wonderfully written novels that um, a new Don DeLillo, I think, is, is a cause for celebration. Do you know what it's going to be called, the title out? Yes, the title is called Zero K. Z-E-R-O, letter K. And it's set in, um, as I understand it, a high-tech research laboratory um, where, where people who want to be cloned or cryogenically preserved, this is what I'm thinking I'm remembering, um, that's where it's set. And, and really, Don DeLillo can do it if anyone can. So this is for all of us who are going to chop off our heads, have them frozen for when we get our robot bodies. Wasn't it Joe DiMaggio who did Ted that? Williams. Ted, Ted Williams. Williams. But, but Ted Williams didn't do it, right? It was his kids that did it, right? Of him, of him yeah. But he, no, he signed, he's, he's said to have signed a document saying he wanted it. Was that your palate cleanser, by the way, Tom? <laughs> Well, what's your, what's your palate cleanser? Well, I have many palate cleansers, but um, an, an author whose books I regard as just the supreme, wonderfully, wonderfully, uh, wonderfully wonderful palate cleansers is um, Eleanor Lippman, who I know one of the people who's been here the last few weeks loves as well as I do, Judy. Um, I know if she were here, she would talk about Eleanor Lippman. But Eleanor Lippman just writes the best... 
um, I, I once called her books frothy, and she did not like that. She thought that was, but you could understand that she doesn't like it. I, I can't, to me, it's, it's, it's just, um, it, it's just a, a lovely description. But she, so I'm not going to say they're frothy. It's very transitional. It's very ephemeral, frothy. Oh, oh. Well, I have to say, I go back and reread two of her books fairly frequently, and one is called The Inn at Lake Divine, and um, the other is called The Way Men Act. And I know Leslie is here today, and I have to say, have you read The Inn at Lake Divine? But I'm about to put it on my whole list. <laughs> I, I predict, I, I think you will very, very, very much like it. Describe the plot or the story or whatever you are finding appealing in that book. Well, partly I'm finding the writing is appealing in all of her books. Um, I, 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 love her, I love her characters, but The Inn at Lake Divine is about a, a young girl, a young woman who runs um, sort of, whose family runs smack into anti-Semitism when they try to go to a, um, a, 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 an inn at Lake Divine and what happens as a result of that. And it's just, I mean, that could be a very heavy subject if it were handled differently. But the way that Eleanor Lippman does it is just, just makes it, a, I, to me, they're just pure delights to read. She's contemporary, right? She's still with us. Have you talked to her recently? Telling her her books are frothy. She's still with us. She is still with us. I, this was several years ago that I talked to her. But you know what she does now? It's it, You should really um, try to find her um, on social media because she writes these wonderful, pointed political verses about her feelings. Um, and, and she's very, very smart and very funny. So when we want to go back, back into the world, stay with her. Do you have a, a, a palate cleanser yourself? really do, yes, because in between books that require thought and emotion, um, I really like to go to my a lot of my favorite mystery writers. And, you know, the, the lightest weight ones, and I'm just finishing a, I think, and I think I'm rereading it even though I don't quite remember. <laughs> Second Watch by J.A. Jantz, because she writes about uh, her, her protagonist lives in the Seattle area, and and she mentions all the, the local places and uh, local characters, and, and it's uh, totally relaxing reading. And um, Earl Emerson is another one that uh, is, writes about local stuff, and uh, I think his protagonist is really fascinating. So, uh, And I was just actually looking online to see some of the ones that I like to go back to over and over again, and, and there's a lot of European ones, and the ones that I remember from a long time ago, May Shoal, I think it is, and Père Walu, and uh, Jan, I think it's Jan William Van de Vettering. They have such phenomenal characters, you just want to go back and find out what they're doing. And I don't even care if I go back and I, I know the story because characters are so fun to get involved with. You know, you said they were European. Is there something about going to another culture that helps you cleanse your palate? Is that why you brought up that they're European? Actually, what, it's, what it is is it's really fun to learn about these different cultures, and uh, the characters are very often really quirky, and they have funny, uh, you know, funny habits, and, and uh, they make me want to go to those places is what it is. Yeah. 
Is the author Van Der Wettering? Who's the detective? Do you remember in those? Um, Van Der Wettering, I think it's a, it's a pair of, uh, of Dutch, uh, Dutch detectives. And uh, I think one of them is uh, very vain and a bodybuilder. <laughs> I'm trying to remember about the other one. I think the other one has a family and is sort of, uh, sort of uh, porky and uh, loves to eat. And, and uh, uh, but he's very, very clever. And so I don't know. The characters in him are just so engaging. Um, the the Swedish couple. Uh, <clears throat> May Sowell and Pear, Par, I think, Walu. Um, that's a great series. And they come frequently back into print and then they go out of print. I think at this moment, some of them are still in print. And they're, for people who, who only know the Swedish detectives, the Swedish mystery writers from the last 10 years or so, oh my gosh, th th these two are great. The Laughing Policeman, I think, is, is one of the best. Does anybody not, not palate cleansers, not have that concept at all? Does anybody not do that? This is Bob Beekman. I would have changed the gustatory uh, metaphor to comfort food. Uh, yeah, that's good. And um, I have three uh, palate cleansers or comfort food. One is any good poem. There's Even uh, when a poem is about violence and injustice and suffering, there's something about the heightened language and, and the shaping of uh, the formal uh, aspects of the poem that makes it something you can master, I guess. Um, in books, nonfiction, anything by Bill Bryson. Oh, yeah. And in fiction, anything by P.G. Wodehouse. <laughs> the, the, the advantage of P.G. Wodehouse is he wrote a ton of stuff uh, the plots don't stick in your mind, although he spent a lot of time on plots, and uh, you can reread them again, even even because you've forgotten them already. And a, a lot of the uh, pleasure is in the local effects, especially with the language and the way he plays with language. The uh, someone said that basically what he does is he takes a tired cliche or a dead metaphor and resuscitates it just to the point where. It, it's ridiculous. I, I think I, that's true about the plots. Maybe a little too much time on the plots. And that's why one of the reasons we have to go back and read them again. Is like, what, what actually happened in that book? <laughs> Did they get married? I, I don't remember. But, but we always remember Jeeves and Bertie. And, and that, I mean, those are his indelible characters and, and the ridiculousness of their relationship. I mean, it's hard to talk about those books without having a smile because they're just so wacky and wonderful. See, I, I, I like the metaphor of palate cleanser versus comfort food because it's, they seem like slightly two different things. Like, I know for me, a palate cleanser, would, I, turn to, I turn to natural histories and actually sometimes, you know, even, you know, guidebooks and things because I just want to learn something different and clear away all that other stuff and get to something that is just undisputable, indisputable. Well, then have you read the new biography of Alexander von Humboldt? Uh, Steve, that should be your, your holiday gift. I don't know that that would be a palate cleanser. That's what I mean, because that would be, it would be comfortable. It would, but that's, 
I mean, you, there's some digging. You have some some real digging and thinking you have to do when you read any biography, isn't it? You have to put it in context. But but I would think that the subject matter would be just so what you would like to have done. So then after I cleanse my palate with looking at <laughs> von Humboldt's work or something, then I'll... Well, or you'd set out and do all of that, that exploring that he did. I'm Roz. I agree with a couple of other people. Um, my first thought was poetry, which I brought before to this forum. Um, but I didn't have a I looked through my collection. I didn't have a specific one in mind. Um, but that Stanley Kunitz book that I brought about poetry and gardening is one of my favorites. The other thing I like to read are um, murder mysteries. And I just read the Sue Grafton's X, and I've gone through the whole series. And they're just really fun and light and you know, they're kind of flippant and easy and just kind of take you away for a while. When, when you, what you said about poetry isn't, but some poetry, as you said, you know, it makes you think and work and struggle to enlightenment. Those, those are, I don't know that those would be palate cleansers for me because I have to do, as opposed to a Billy Collins or um, Heather McHugh, you know, somebody who's, Maybe that I'm dealing with more everyday things or nature things. So, because I was thinking about those World War One poets that right. you used to talk about a lot, those guys would not be palate cleansers. No, no. but see, I would find Heather McHugh, um, whose poetry I, I've been a fan of for feels like decades now. They're so they're so um, tricky, sort of language oriented trickiness, which I just find so appealing. Um, but I don't know that I would call them palate cleansers. I think the poet that I, and this is weird, but I think the poet that I would call a palate cleanser for me that I go back to is A.E. Hausman, who is like so depressing. But I do that, I do that because that's who my mother loved. And, and so I have a memory of her reading those poems and now me reading those poems. That's probably about as far as you could get from a palate cleanser actually. I take that all back, but I do love A.E. Hausman. <laughs> well, everybody's palate, right? Needs a different way of cleansing. Tom, do you? What, what are yours? So I, uh, I have two books I was going to bring. I didn't bring them for a couple of reasons. One is I'm not sure they qualify as books. So uh, one, one is um, Civilization by Kenneth Clark. And the other is called The Ascent of Man by Bronkowski. And they were television documentaries from more than 40 years ago on TV. So I don't know if that qualifies as a book or not. But in terms of comfort food and thinking about trying to get away from war and so forth, I go to those because that's exactly what I can do. I, these, were, these are stories of what went, went on over centuries when at the same time the, the, the war the world was being consumed by war and pestilence and chaos and plague and I mean just like awful awful things going on and yet people were creating things of great beauty and investigating ideas of, uh, of uh, tremendous uh, importance and fascination and so I think it's wonderful that that could be going on and I enjoy reading about it. I think those kind of books would be comfortable, would be comforting to read because when we think about 
I mean, I, I sometimes despair of the world the way it is and what's happening. And then, and then I, my husband will always say, but there were terrible times in the past and they got through it. And then I always say, but look what they got to. We're back here. That's not so good. But, but not, not only did they get through it, but there were people creating beautiful, enduring, wonderful things. I know I find myself, after reading the New York Times this last four days, I find myself happily turning to the science section and reading about, you know, the discovery of a new hominin or something, just because it's a way to get a different perspective. Hi, my name is Christopher, and I'm a binge palate cleanser. Uh, I usually read nonfiction, and occasionally I'll find a probably middle-brow uh, piece of fiction and read one of it, love it, and then read everything that author's written. Um, I had an episode of that about a year and a half ago with a guy named Jonathan Tropper. In fact, I even called you back when you were on the previous radio station that shall not be named and asked you what you thought of Jonathan Tropper. And he is not a great novelist. He will not live beyond his time. But gosh, it was sure an entertaining uh, set of books. It was all in a comfortable middle-class milieu with just surprising enough plots and characters that were entertaining. And about five years ago, I did the same thing with an English novelist named David Lodge, who writes primarily in a British academic so it's a lot of kind of Peyton Placey uh, academics uh, comings and goings. Nothing particularly dramatic, but entertaining for someone who spent a bunch of time in school, uh, well-written and, and fun. And I read, I think, seven books in two months. And now I have to wait every two years until another one of their books comes out. And then I go back to my nonfiction after binging on that. Oh, you're, you're, you're binging on fiction and your nonfiction is your work. Rita Workala. Um, yes, I agree with this couple, uh, Nancy, that sometimes uh, poetry could be a really good uh, palate cleanser. I really like to read uh, my countryman, uh, Jorge Luis Borges, which for me is the best poet. You can read him in very good, there are a lot of good English translations, really good. Um, other than that, of course, and reading science is also just my, my favorite when when the world gets too much, too overwhelming. But other than that... You go to science? Oh, yes. I read science, yeah. Well, it doesn't mean that I understand science, but I do read it. <laughs> you know, quantum mechanics, that kind of thing. Um, but not long ago, I found myself reading a book that was... It did work as a palate cleanser, although I didn't intend to. But, okay, I, I want to ask you the opinion because I'm not very sure if it's a good book or if it's a bad book. I don't know. It was a bestseller. Did you like it? Well, I, um, I couldn't stop reading it. <laughs> I couldn't stop reading it, but at the end I said, well, gee, what's the point? You know? <laughs> the point was just to get me in that sofa and not going to bed until 3 in the morning and what else? Anyway, you might have read the book probably. Is the bestseller by Murakami, um, IQ 1984. What do you think about that? It's just a comfort <laughs> food. I think, I think that tells me your mind is clicking pretty high up at some levels of Murakami is a palate cleanser for you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's true. Yeah, but I, but, um, I, I want to just go back to Christopher's thing. Uh, you're Jonathan Tropper, because the author that I would, for your next binge, 
is named Jonathan Coe, C-O-E, another Brit. And um, his, my favorite of his novels is called The Rotters Club, R-O-T-T-E-R-S, which is um, a group of boys, teenage boys in the 1950s in the north of England. And I think, but all of his books are very, very funny, very British and very funny. This is Keith. Well, I'm still not sure the difference between palate and comfort. I don't know if a, a donut translates into being a palate. <laughs> but um, I either uh, tend to go back a few centuries or for, with uh, Bernard Cornwell or forward a few centuries with Margaret Atwood or stay kind of current and go into some crime drama with um, either uh, Donald Westlake, Richard Stark, or John Stanford. Do you have any last words on comfort cleansing of palate? Donuts. We'll call them. We'll call them written donuts. Or what's the crossword puzzle word for like the the, the kind of donut shape or something? T o r i i. Crossword puzzle word, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, geometrical name. Yes. See, Steve. Stick with me, kid. You'll learn something. <laughs> Thank you all. Very much. And follow us on Twitter at That Stack, and you can follow us on Facebook, That Stack of Books, with Nancy Pearl and Steve Sher.